This is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW. This is News Talk 980 CKNW. I'm Sterling Fox. In just a few moments, John Carlson and David Mader will join us with a fresh Vancouver Market real estate update and more on the 1% Realty Story. But first, here are some of the top consumer stories we're following this week. Well, the Globe and Mail and the National Post do it, along with the Vancouver Sun and Province, so why not Facebook, too? We're talking about charging consumers for news here. Facebook is now working on a way for news organizations to charge readers for articles they share and read on the Facebook social network. Facebook's head of news partnership says the current plan is to require payments after reading 10 articles from a public through Facebook, very similar to what those all other newspapers already do. Facebook people said at a conference in New York on Tuesday that news organizations have been calling for subscription capabilities, and they go on to add that they're in early talks with publishers on how we might better support subscription business models. Last week, news publishers said they're seeking permission from Congress for the right to negotiate jointly with Google and Facebook on ads and other issues, which is an improvement over the wish list of Canadian newspapers who are now seeking direct taxpayer subsidies for their failing industry model. And good luck with that, too. Dashboard cameras are quickly becoming a reality in the cars of many Canadian drivers, and now there's another reason for you to consider installing one in your vehicle. It may save you money. Though there aren't any auto insurance discounts available in Canada yet for drivers who have invested in a dash cam, that hasn't stopped many of us from getting to. Um, according to a new survey by folks at Canatix.ca, one in ten of us already has a dash cam, and many more of us are thinking about it as a pretty good idea, especially as an added security feature. They typically cost anywhere from one to five hundred bucks, depending on quality, and while you, it won't get you any deduction on your premiums right away, they may help you keep your premiums lower, especially if you're involved in an accident and your dashboard camera can prove you weren't responsible. It also helps if the other driver runs away and you've got their vehicle license number and their picture to set the record straight. With 35% of Canadian drivers already either having a dash cam in their car or thinking it's a darn good idea, the popularity of dash cams can't be denied. And if one day it's proven that a dash cam can lessen the likelihood of insurance scams, deter theft, and improve road safety, then perhaps one day they'll be standard in new vehicles just like rear backup cameras are. Only time will tell. News from England this week that eating curry can be good for you. Doctors there point to recent examples of people eating curcumin, a key component of the spice turmeric, which is the base for all curry sauces and having positive results in managing myeloma. Curcumin is a natural antioxidant, anti-inflammatory, and antiseptic, which has been used as a traditional Indian medicine for centuries. More recently, it has demonstrated an ability to slow or inhibit cell growth in a wide variety of tumor cells, including myeloma. It's also been found to help alleviate a range of other health problems. In addition to the possibilities, as a cancer fighter, doctors in the UK are also looking at turmeric as a remedy for several conditions, including arthritis, some cholesterol, 
cholesterol problems, and even Alzheimer's. Nothing conclusive yet, but doctors there are encouraged by the direction the research is taking them in the battle against cancer and other killer diseases. And for the first time ever, Canadians bought more than a million vehicles in the first half of 2017. The actual number by the end of June was 1.04 million units, which represents a 5% increase overall. If this pace keeps up, we're on our way to more record territory and 2 million vehicle sales by the end of this year. So what are we spending our money on? Well, light trucks are at the front of that parade with sales up 10% year over year, more than offsetting a very slight decline in car sales. Canada's best-selling vehicle outright, the Ford F-150 pickup. Right behind the Ford at number two, the Dodge Ram pickup. And then at number three, we finally have the top car, which again for the 20th year is the Honda Civic. Another pickup, the GMC Sierra, is number four. And rounding out the top five is another perennial favorite, the Toyota Corolla. Interesting to note, this is a Canadian thing. In the States, new vehicle sales were actually down for the last four months of this year. The only question here is whether interest rate increases will slow down vehicle sales in the second half of the year. The Canadian Automobile Dealers Association is optimistic the very slight increase of rates we had recently won't deter many prospective buyers. And car makers are also expected to hold the line on in-house financing rates, especially for those long-term loans, which are becoming very popular. And rounding out the top 10 of cars that have, uh, well, set record sales in the past six months, number six, again, another truck, the Chevy Silverado. Number seven, the Dodge Grand Caravan. Finally, the first SUV at number eight, the Toyota RAV4, followed by number nine's Honda CRV, and rounding out the top 10 is another car the Hyundai Elantra. Those are some of the stories we've been following this week. We'll look for at a few more rather later in the program and we have a steel report for you later as well. Up next, John Carlson and David Mater with a fresh look at real estate in Metro Vancouver and more on the 1% Realty story. Stay with us. This is Vancouver Consumer on News Talk 980 CKNW. And welcome back to the program. Sterling Fox in studio on Vancouver Consumer, joined by John Carlson, Personal Real Estate Corporation, and David Mater, Personal Real Estate Corporation, with more on Vancouver real estate and the 1% Realty Story. Gentlemen, welcome back. Good to see you both. Hey, Sterling. Good morning. Well, good afternoon. Well, it's, it's good to have you with us, John. Uh, the Personal Real Estate Corporation thing you explained to us last night is simply following the rules of the real estate people in BC. That's right. Dave and I are incorporated uh, uh, real estate agents, so we do business under our business name, Personal Real Estate Corporation. Okay. So that needs to be disclosed. All right. And of course, they share a website. It's called SaveWithJohnAndDave.com, and an excellent website it is. I use it a lot, especially on the program as we're on the fly, because it contains so much useful information. David, uh, let's start off where we always do. How's biz and how's the market? We haven't seen you for a couple of weeks. How's Vancouver, Metro Vancouver real estate market these days? Sure. Well, the market's uh, continuing to hum along. Um, certainly, you know, we've, we've talked about this over the last several shows. Uh, this year, the story really has been affordability. Uh, and that often finds uh, its way with condos and townhomes, uh, affordable detached properties. That has continued to be uh, hot. Um, we're certainly seeing a lot of offers in that segment of the market. 
Um, that all said, we anticipate that the market's going to continue to be very brisk throughout the year. Um, we think that there's still a lot of demand out there. Um, certainly folks moving from all over the place mm-hmm. seem, seeming to continue to come into the lower mainland and a lack of housing we think is going to continue to uh, put some pressure on this market. John, we've been doing this for a few weeks now, and uh, we went through basically the entire spring together on the radio talking real estate in Metro Vancouver, and you've identified, both of you, that time of year as the most active in terms of the real estate sector. Is there such a thing as summer doldrums like there is in the stock market? Well, I think uh, there are seasonal trends uh, in in real estate, and traditionally, the spring and the fall have been the strong markets with a little bit of a lull in the summer. Okay. Uh, having said that, the past few years haven't exactly been traditional markets. They've been pretty busy throughout, so we're still having a busy summer, but yeah, there's there's kind of two camps in the summer. There's those who maybe are on holidays and they're out of the market a bit, and then there are people who have kids and want to move before they get into school, so... You know, there's no 100% <clears throat> excuse me, truths in these sort of things. It's kind of a balancing act. But I found in the summer, my showings are down maybe just a little bit, uh, but we're still you know, getting a lot of activity on our listings. All right. And by the way, if you're interested in it, talking to these people, give them a few minutes to finish the radio program if you don't mind. But write this down, 604-265-8280, 604-265-8280. That's how you reach John and Dave. Uh, and of course, you can reach them through the website, Save with John and Dave. Com. You can send them an email, you can request an evaluation, and uh, all of those sorts of things. But now, David, back to the, your, your point about affordability uh, in terms of the marketplace. Uh, obviously, that would not everybody is a young first time buyer, but those who are, that's their, pretty much their territory. That's all they can afford, especially in a market like Vancouver these days, right? Uh, you think you think you're you're saying condos, townhomes, yeah, these kinds yeah, of things. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, again, um, maybe going back ten or fifteen years, uh, getting into a detached house would have been a little bit easier for first timers. But sure. now uh, that first step does seem to be the condo and the townhome. Um, you know, right now interest rates. It, we had a bit of a bump in oh, interest right, rates, yeah. right? This past uh, week Not or two. Not much of one, but uh, it, it, it has, it's the first we've had in a long time. Has that scared anybody away? Well, well, this is the thing, right? Um, interest rates have gone up a little bit, but you know, it's still cheap money. True. Uh, comparatively speaking, yep. his, historically, uh, you know, we have very low rates. It's still cheap money. Uh, what we have is a situation where maybe uh, a small bump in the interest rates will cause some people to get off the fence and maybe make that purchase that they were. A little bit hesitant to make, just in fear that it, rates are going to go up any further. Right. That all said, um, you know we have a market where, you know, like we said, uh, folks who are wanting to get into the market uh, need, need to find a roof. They got to have somewhere to live, and they got to buy what's affordable. And and right now, that's really sub one million. Um, that all said, you know, we were talking just before the show. Um, it's still a seller's market for more expensive detached properties okay. too. There's no question. Uh, we're still seeing um, houses up one week and a sold sticker the next. So it's a busy market all around. Right. Now, yeah. John, you had a story. You, you, When we were here a couple of weeks ago, you told us about a new listing that you had just taken on. It was so new, you could talk about the address, but it wasn't even up on the website till the Monday morning. And th- and then you were going to, to uh, list it and have open houses and all of that sort of thing. And apparently, uh, not all of that is possible because the place has already come and gone. Well, yeah, thanks for bringing that up. It's a good uh, good intro for us. Um, you know, sometimes people will ask, John, you know, Dave, John, what's different about you at 1% Realty? And, um, you know, people have heard things here and there. And we're here to tell people that, you know, we're full-fledged uh, licensed agents and we do the full job. We just simply charge less. And here's one of our recent success stories. 
Uh, I was prepared to come here this morning, uh, this afternoon, and announce an open house right. for tomorrow, Sunday, because a new listing out in Port Coquitlam, a townhouse on, um, on uh, Ranger Lane. And uh, that one, I mean, we had multiple offers before the open house. I think the seller's quite happy. We've got it put to bed now. It's completely firmed up sale prior to open. And these people saved oh, over $10,000 in commission compared right. to what some of the agents they were talking to decided to charge them. So, I mean, that's just another success story for Dave and I. People uh, give us a call. They want to see what we have to offer. Uh, if anyone out there listening now is considering selling a home anywhere in Greater Vancouver, or the, the lower mainland area, Dave and I are available. And uh, we'd like to show you how you can get full real estate service and two excellent top ser- uh, selling agents and get your home sold, get the results you want without having to pay commissions that you might feel are too high. Right. And I'm quoting now from your website, Dave. Yes, we are, quote, regular real estate agents in every sense of the word. We simply charge less. That's it. End of story. And uh, that pretty much sums up the 1% realty business model. Everything else is exactly as every other real estate organization conducts business. You just charge less. That's right. Um, You know, the reason why we put it that way on the website is because often when we go and talk with folks, they say, we love the idea of saving commission, but you know, how are you different compared to the other regular Realtors, exactly. Right? That's regular in quotes. The, the on regular the realtors, yeah. right? And so, so the response is, well, we are regular agents. Um, the difference is just in how much we charge, really, and the fact that a lot of us sell a lot more properties than average. Um, so, you know, just to kind of fill in some of the blanks for folks, um, the way our commissions work, it's pretty straightforward. For anything that sells under six hundred thousand dollars, we charge a flat fee of six thousand nine hundred and fifty dollars. And anything that sells over 600000 it's just 1% of the sale price plus $950 plus some taxes. Of course, it's always plus taxes, of right? Of course, yeah. And so how does that compare? Now, there's no set commission rates. You can't set commissions in Canada, right? But what's really common in the lower mainland market is 7% on the first 100000 and 2.5% on the balance or something like that. Those right? are the numbers we hear most often. That's this correct. is it, right? Yeah. So, so say, for instance, you have a $600,000 property, right? And you list it with one of the other guys. Um that would usually equate to between nineteen and twenty thousand dollars commission. For us, that six hundred thousand dollar property, we would charge a, a flat sixty nine fifty. Okay, um, a million bucks. So a million dollar property with one of the other guys, you're usually twenty nine to thirty thousand dollars, something like that. Mm-hmm. With us, you'll be around eleven thousand dollars. So you know, savings are substantial eighteen, nineteen, twenty thousand dollars plus the tax savings on top of that. And for uh, those fees, the services are essentially identical to the services that you'll receive so many other places. So, you know, full MLS, of course, um, we have professional photographer, mm-hmm. comes out, do full photo shoots. Uh, we do, you know, regular advertising, a full contract negotiation, all documentation. Uh, we help you right from the point, the point where we put the sign on the lawn, do the open house, do the showings, sit down with you to help you negotiate that accepted offer, get subjects off if there are any subjects. Mm-hmm. And then send the deal off to your lawyer notary to coordinate for closing and hand the keys off to the buyer. Everything's the same. It's just you're going to walk away with a smaller bill at the end of the day. Yeah, I think, John, people need to know as well that you and Dave, over the course of your careers, have sold well over a 1,000 homes. And uh, that, that activity, that pace... Has uh, bodes well because you're you're out there literally every day in the marketplace doing deals and helping people out. 
Absolutely. I mean, uh, current experience is very valuable when you're in the real estate industry sure. because things can change from day to day, week to week, neighborhood to neighborhood. Uh, so yeah, thanks for mentioning that. Dave and I have done an awful lot of business. I was at another company for, you know, 13 and a half years and Dave and I have been working together about seven years here at 1% Realty. And in that time, several hundred sales of listings. And, you know, that's really why we're here to let people know that First of all, commissions don't sell properties. A good mm-hmm. agent can be very uh, valuable when it comes time to sell your property, but you don't have to pay a large commission to get a property sold, especially in the kind of market we find ourselves in. So Dave and I, our little philosophy, if you go to our website, you'll see the phrase experience, savings, and results. Savings is one part of what we do, but Dave and I, as you said, have sold over a 1,000 homes and 30-something years of experience under our belts, right. and we put that to work to people to, to get them the results they want, and as Dave said, at the end of the day, they've got a much smaller bill than some of the competitors that we're up against. And the experience factor is huge, Dave, especially for that, that group we were talking about a few minutes ago, those first-time buyers, the people who are looking at the strata properties, the affordable uh, range, the, the entry-level property. A lot of those people getting into the game for the first time don't know a lot about the real estate game and how to play it and how to get the best bang for your buck. And so your experience and uh, knowledge is a big part of developing a strategy for selling or buying, isn't it? Well, certainly. I mean, um, when you, uh, especially if you're just getting into the market and you've never gone through the process before, it can feel like kind of a maze. There can be maybe a, a little bit of a mystery surrounding the process. The reality, though, is our job is to make uh, life simple and as stress-free as possible, right? And one of the nice things about working uh, with 1% Realty is that we routinely sell so many properties. We've been there, we've done that. So regardless of the situation that someone finds themselves in, we're confident we can help them through it. Though it may be new to that particular individual or that family, it's not new to you and that's where your professional expertise and experience is invaluable. Uh, That's exactly right, yeah. I mean, uh, we've seen I think pretty much everything there is to see. Hopefully. Uh, Hopefully, yeah. (laughs) Our guests in studio are John Carlson and David Mater from 1% Realty. The website is savewithjohnanddave.com, and you might want to jot down the phone number as well. Although they're tough to reach when they're on the radio, 604-265-8280. And we're back with lots more on Vancouver Consumer right after this. And welcome back to Vancouver Consumer on this beautiful Saturday afternoon. Seems like everybody in Metro Vancouver is already heading downtown for the big fireworks show tonight. Japan kicks things off in a few hours down at the waterfront. It's uh, John Carlson and David Mater from 1% Realty back with us this afternoon. We've talked a little bit about the marketplace and the 1% Realty business model, John Carlson. But let's talk a little bit more about the the uh, how you interact with the rest of the industry because you do function at a different commission level than most of your peers. So do they sort of put you off and shove you aside when it comes to their clients looking at properties around Metro Vancouver, or are you included on everyone's list? Well, first of all, there are no set commission rates. And, uh, you know, 1% Realty is not the only company or opportunity where rates might vary from what some agents charge. Of course, we talked about the the very common 7% of the first 100,000 2.5% of the balance model. And that is, I suppose, the prevalent model out there. But Mm -hmm. there are foreclosures that banks offer less commission and all kinds of other situations. But yes, true. One of the advantages Dave and I offer our clients is that we charge less commission. That means we offer less commission out to other agents who show our properties. But the good news for sellers is we have to remember, this is a consumer-driven, consumer-empowered industry. And Mm -hmm. the commission itself does not really play into the minds of most buyers. 
So to answer your question, when we list on MLS, like all virtually all other agents do, we get inquiries from other agents and the public alike. And yes, they all call us to show the properties because I think they want to do a good job for their clients and show the, appro- the appropriate properties when they can. Sure. And the clients, the buyers out there know about our listings anyways, because you just go online or look in any of our marketing and, and you'll see our listings out there. So yeah, I mean, I was at other companies for the first 13 years of my career. And uh, I know that agents in my company showed 1% realty listings because they're ethical people who want to introduce the proper property to the right buyer. And uh, commission is really not the prime concern. Okay, now, Dave, question for you. Now, John has ex- explained already that he worked for another company for a number of years before uh, teaming up with you and the 1% Realty and Save with John and Dave and, and what you've been up to for the last uh, seven years or mm-hmm. so. You, on the other hand, sir, have worked only for 1% Realty since you joined the profession. So why? Why, why? why did you start and gravitate towards a company in the first place that you knew right from the get-go was going to uh, afford you the opportunity to make less money? Sure. Well, and I guess that's a good question. I've been asked that question lots of times. I'm sure. Yes. Um, well, and, and that's the thing. It's actually maybe a, a, a misconception that by working with 1% Realty will make less money. I have not found that to be the case. Uh-huh. Now, of course, I've not worked with another brokerage, but I'm familiar with stats and I talk with folks and such. So here's the thing. Um, <clears throat> when I decided to get my real estate license, I sat down with all sorts of different managing brokers from all sorts of different companies. And uh, I talked with agents from all the big name companies and so on sure. in the brokerages. And then I talked with Ian Bailey, who's the founder of 1% Realty. And I went and sat down with him and we chatted. And you know what I found was that the 1% Realty business model really appealed to me. I thought to myself, well, if um, you know, if if I were going to sell my own property, how much would I reasonably be willing to spend in order to get it done? You know, knowing what it takes. Now, certainly, you want an agent that knows what they're doing, and certainly they're going to be worth getting paid a reasonable amount of money. But the question is, how much is reasonable? Sure, that's sure. the question that I answered yep. or that I asked myself. And one uh, percent realty. I thought that the company was a great fit for me because it offered. Um, it offered a value which was really hard to beat with any other brokerage. Um, with 1% Realty, I'm able to do all the same things that my peers in the industry are able to offer their clients, but I do it at a rate that I think uh, I would pay myself. I'd be happy to pay myself. Um, and the thing is, is that it's, it's really caught on. You know, since, since I started this was in 2005, um, you know, my first year in business, I sold, I don't know, it was like 60 or 65 properties. That was the, the first year. That's not bad. Um, not yeah, bad I mean, at all. It, well, actually, it was the, it was the uh, I, I ended up being the Real Estate Board of Greater Vancouver Rookie of the Year that wow. year, not, not to pat myself on the back or anything. But the point is, is simply that the business model works. So if anybody's out there thinking, well, you know, is this going to get the job done? The, the reality is we're among the highest selling agents in the business year after year after year. John and I, you know, you've mentioned we've sold, you know, well over a thousand homes combined, and that is the case. Mm -hmm. Uh, Every year we're we're out there selling properties. Right. I'm quoting from the website again, John. The primary reason typical commission rates have remained the same is because so many sellers have agreed to pay those rates. You might have paid those rates as well, but why pay more than you have to? And that's what it's all about, isn't it? And we, and you pointed out already, this is Vancouver Consumer, and today's consumer is a very highly informed and therefore empowered person. Absolutely, and and that's our philosophy. Why pay more than you have to? Of course, we do recognize that a low price is not the be-all, end-all. Uh, you know, if a product or service was not valuable, then a low price wouldn't really matter. 
So Dave and I, we really specialize on combining the the very attractive 1% realty commission structure mm. while at the same time being experienced agents who do the full meal deal, if you will. Sure. So... Well, they uh, and people, I'm sure, though, because we're we are we are smart and we are well informed and we are kind of conditioned in the marketplace to be a little skeptical, a little cynical. So I'm sure this is not the first time you've heard someone say, "Okay, so I'm I'm going to pay less in commission." So that probably means I'm going to get less. So how what is it you don't do that the others do that I'm going to pay less for? Right. And, yes. And, and I'm sure people nope. have asked you that. Absolutely. We get that question all the time. And I, I guess maybe my point might be less compared to what? Less compared to someone who might charge $20,000 or maybe $30,000 commission on a sale that might happen in a week. I mean, yeah, we're less. Mm-hmm. Dave hit it right on the head. We do a lot of volume and uh, you know we're able to do the full job without charging these big commissions. So when people say, what are we getting this less? I think Dave and I are, are, it's a no-brainer. I mean, we're the smartest choice because we offer the experience level that people are looking for and the price is a little bit less. And we don't cover, we don't cut, cut any corners. So as Dave mentioned, marketing, photos, virtual tours, open houses, mm-hmm. we do the whole thing. So that is one question we get all the time. And I like to let people out there who might be listening, who might be thinking of selling their home to give us a call because we'll sit down, we'll do an evaluation for you. We'll show you some strategies on the market. We'll show you our history and our success rate and our testimonials. And we'll prove to you that if you want to sell a home, commission is not the, the, the prime factor in terms of whether or not your house will sell or for how much it will sell. It's really about proper marketing, mm-hmm. proper representation, proper pricing, and letting the market take its course. Right. And the number, again, friends, if you want to line up a, a chance to chat with John and Dave, is 604-265-8280. Uh, Dave, just to pick up on what John was saying, uh, it, it's in the marketplace, uh, pricing is, because it's not about commissions, that doesn't sell a house one way or another, but pricing sure does. How recent must your market evaluation be in this fluid summer of 2017 in order to have a firm handle on how right you are with the price you think your property is worth? Sure. Well, um, you know, the story through 2016 and 2017 has been that the market has moved. It's been moving, uh, you know, practically from month to month. So the reality is that when we're doing an evaluation for somebody, uh, what we do is we tend to look at one, of course, the area that they're in, because every area is a little bit different. You can't really paint the entire region of the Lower Mainland with the same brushstrokes. Um, that all said, usually we're looking no farther than a couple months, maybe three months back. And okay. if you look any further, you have to adjust for the market movements. A lot of the times in three months, the market's moved 5 or 10%, and three-month-old sales are just not, not relevant anymore. Right, because you said when, the, when we were talking about that little bump in interest rates, you said that some people who may have been sitting on the fence might be encouraged or might decide to make a move based on that and knowing that there might be more down the road. If they've been sitting on the fence, that means they've been thinking about selling. And so they probably have a price that they've had an evaluation done. But you're saying anything older than three months uh, is not useless, but it's not it's not current enough. It's not uh, valid or current enough to actually reliably list at today. Right. right. So we have folks call us all the time saying we're thinking about listing, and we're always happy to talk with anybody who's thinking about listing their property, whether it's now or in a few months or whatnot. But one thing we always caution them is that if we go out now and they're listing in three or four months' time, we're going to have to re-examine the market to give them a more up-to-date price at that time. 
Right, and request free market evaluation is a button you can push, John, right there on the top of the, the home page of Save with John and Dave. Is that, uh, is that the reason that people contact you in the first place? They, they need that. They're thinking maybe, and they're looking for the price and the developing a strategy uh, and sort of leaning in that direction more than people calling you go, we want to sell our home. Well, it's a mix. Okay. Uh, we get both. I mean, yes, some people are kind of investigating and trying to see, you know, what's going on in the market or what's this deal with 1% realty. Mm-hmm. Other people, I mean, we get calls, hey, you sold my brother's home. He loved it. He saved X amount of dollars. Come and list my house. So the more good business you do, the easier business gets to do. And Dave and I have done a lot of good business. So we do get a lot of referrals from past clients and that keeps us very busy. But yeah, there's a lot of people out there who've maybe heard about 1% realty or maybe heard about Dave and I or seen one of our sold signs and thought, you know, I might want to sell my house. And if I do, I sure want to get the best value I can when it comes to my realtor. And so if that's you, then give us a call. Right. Now, uh, how about open houses this weekend, gentlemen? Uh, I know we got the big fireworks show coming up tonight, but a few people will be up and about uh, this afternoon. How about tomorrow, Dave? Uh, Sundays typically are where we find you or both of you out somewhere on on a location. Are you out tomorrow? Yeah, absolutely. We've got a uh, hot new listing. I'll give you the address. It's at 436, that's unit 436-10838 City Parkway, and that's in Surrey. Uh, That's just around the Petula Bridge area. Um, Fantastic. It's actually a a two-story apartment. It's a loft-style penthouse unit, 17-foot ceilings, 1,100 square feet, Um, great views, fantastic finishing quartz, everything else. Um, it's listed at 449 and uh, we're doing an open house there tomorrow between 1 and 3 p.m., so please come out and check it out. Now, good, uh, good of you to pick this weekend because the bridge was closed last weekend this and that had cut down a little traffic. It, it, it would have, but, yeah. but everything's That's wide right. open this weekend, yeah. uh, so good luck with that one. John, how about you? What are you up to these days? Uh, well, I've got a couple new hot listings under my belt. Can't announce them yet. Okay. Uh, but uh, business as usual, you know, working with some people we just sold. I want to say congratulations to Malin and Allison who just sold their place on Hastings. We got the subject just last night. So we're out looking in the Maple Ridge area for a detached house. If somebody has something maybe up to that $800,000 range, they haven't put it on the market yet, uh, give give Dave and I a call because we got a buyer definitely looking for that in out in the Maple Ridge Pit Meadows area. And uh, we're just going to keep keep working all week. Is there a part of Metro Vancouver that, that you don't serve? Uh, or because uh, you're focused, you're in Maple Ridge, you do a lot of work in Coquitlam and Port Coquitlam. And John, you were in Burnaby a couple of weeks ago. You're all over the place. So it, it, it's, you're sort of Metro Vancouver wide then, right, Dave? Pretty much. We do service all over the place. I mean, uh, one of the very first calls that we got from this show was actually for a house in Vancouver, and he's fan that we, we sold uh, fairly quickly. Um, but yeah, we'll take listings all over the place. If if you're in an area where we find it a little bit more difficult to service just because of the distance that we have to travel, then just give us a call anyways, regardless of where you are, and we can probably hook you up with somebody in your area who does the same things at the same price, uh, and uh, we'll be happy to pass that name along. Okay. Now, once again, let's uh, get the phone number out there on the airwaves. It's 604 265 And if you didn't have a chance to jot it down or commit it to memory, uh, just go to the website, savewithjohnanddave.com. All the contact information is right there. And if you want to email and and have a chat to look for an opportunity to meet John and Dave, perhaps go for that all-important market evaluation. Uh, It can be done through savewithjohnanddave.com. Fellas, we're out of time. I don't know whether you're going to stick around for the fireworks show tonight or beat it before the crowds get here. But it's been wonderful having you pop in, and uh, we'll see you again very soon. Thank you, Sterling. Sounds good. Thanks, Sterling. John Carlson and David Mater.
and 1% Realty on Vancouver Consumer. We're back after this. Carlson and David Mader for another interesting visit and real estate market update. They'll be back with us in a couple of weeks, too. Time now for the Steel Report. And this week, Linda insists money can buy you happiness. I'm Linda Steele, and this is your Steele Report. People say that money can't buy happiness, but it turns out it can. Wealthier people are happier on average than people who have less money. That was Elizabeth Dunn, UBC professor of psychology. A recent study done by Harvard and UBC shows it's not just about having money. It's important how you use it. Ross Lord of Global News explains. 60 random adults were told to spend $40 each on something that saves time. On a different weekend, that group of 60 was asked to spend the same amount on material things. The researchers found the spenders felt happier after making their time-saving purchases. So pay someone to do chores you don't like to do. Professor Dunn says even the very wealthy have a tough time doing that. We surveyed over 800 millionaires in the Netherlands. We found that almost half reported not spending any money at all in a typical month to get rid of their disliked tasks. Seems like if you have money, paying to have more time and less obligations is a pretty good way to spend it. I'm Linda Steele, and that's your Steele Report. Thank you, Linda. Steele and Drex weekdays 2 to 6 on News Talk 980 CKNW. A couple more consumer quickies before we go. A Wisconsin-based software company says it's the first in North America to start implanting microchips into its employees. And it predicts that being microchipped will be common for employees in the future. This company is called 3Square Market, or 32M, which makes software for self-service kiosks and automated micro-markets. And it says its employees will be able to log into their computers, open doors, use copiers, and even pay for purchases in the company break room using microchips installed under their skin. Eventually, this technology will become standardized, allowing you to use this as your passport, public transportation, purchasing opportunities, says the 32M CEO. The chip's about $300 U.S. It's installed beneath the skin in the web between the thumb and forefinger. To access technology or pay for purchases, the chip wearer just needs to wave their hand close to a chip reader in much the same way that microchip credit cards and the tap system work. Out of a total of 85 employees, 32M expects about 50 to be microchipped when installation begins August 1st. Uh, The procedure, by the way, is not mandatory. And the company says it's not too concerned about privacy either, saying the chips can't be used to track people because there's no GPS tracking at all. But as we all know and perhaps dread, adding GPS surveillance will likely prove to be too tempting at some future point. As the chip is passive technology that just contains data, it can't be hacked, the CEO bravely asserted on NBC. And that was brave and perhaps naive, too. Back at the office, the technology has become so popular that workers at the tech hub hold parties for people who agree to be initiated and implanted with the chips. For the company, the goal is to get in on the ground floor of what it sees as a rapidly expanding new industry. The international marketplace is wide open, and we believe that the future of total market share is going to be driven by who captures this arena first. And with in-house experience, these guys are set to grab a sizable market share. Or are they? How popular is this concept, really? Okay, here's your homework for next Saturday. Check around your workplace and see how many of your co-workers 
are ready to have convenience microchips installed somewhere on their bodies. We'll compare notes. Let's wrap up this week on a positive note, financially at least. The IMF says Canada should lead the G7 in economic growth this year after raising its growth expectation for us from 1.9 to 2.5% for the year. The IMF says it revised its outlook for Canada for this year following strong growth in the first quarter and indications of a resilient second quarter as well. However, it trimmed its outlook for next year a little to 1.9% back from 2.0. The IMF says global global rather economic growth is expected to be 3.5% this year and 3.6 next year unchanged from their original forecasts. And here's a story that'll flash you back to the 1950s if indeed you can recall that era of the Cold War and one of its unique housing spin-offs, the bomb shelter. This was a fad here in Canada, more so in the USA in the 50s, when some were convinced that the Soviets were all set to nuke us at the slightest provocation. And so we, or some of us anyway, spent a lot of money building underground concrete bomb shelters to keep us safe from a nuclear attack. Whether or not it would keep us safe was a whole other question that actually never was answered. Now this fad has hit Japan. In the wake of North Korea's nutbar dear leader Kim Jong-un's apparent desire to have a nuclear arsenal capable of hitting targets not just in Japan, but also here in North America. Japanese buyers are now ordering bomb shelters from companies like Atlas Survival in Montebello, California, in huge quantities. People are genuinely afraid, says the president of Shelter Company in Osaka, which imports bomb shelters from Israel for the growing Japanese market. And he goes on to say they now have thousands of applications for shelters, the most popular model of which is called the bomb natal, and that one will set you back 19 grand U.S. Don't forget where most of those missile tests North Korea has been conducting end up in the Sea of Japan, and that includes last night, and that's just too close for comfort for many Japanese. Advertised features include nuclear, biological, chemical air filtration systems, space to store food and other essentials for a year, a diesel generator, an emergency exit shaft, and most importantly, the ability to take a 500,000-pound blast without crumpling. I uh, remember when friends of our family built a bomb shelter under their backyard when they built a new home in the early 60s. It ended up being where the dad of the house used to go play poker with his buddies when they didn't want to be interrupted. Japanese consumers, much more serious this time around. Those are some of the top consumer stories we're following this week. We'll uh, have uh, lots more for you next week on the program. With thanks to Ben Dooley and Matt Hyland, I'm Sterling Fox. See you next Saturday for another episode of Vancouver Consumer right here on News Talk 980 CKNW. Vancouver's News, Vancouver's Talk. This is News Talk 980 CKNW. The proceeding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW.